0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast.
1: Hello. Hey. (laughs) You're already breaking character. You're already laughing. I'm not breaking character. This is who I am. You know, it's something I've noticed a lot about our podcast. I am very wheezy. (laughs) I laugh a lot. But I'm in high spirits, you know? I love doing this. I have had a few people who will approach me
0: and say, really enjoy the podcast. You and Ethan laugh a lot. Are you lying to me? No, I am not. <laughs> so I true. am not laughing. It's so true. I'm, I mean, I <laughs> am <laughs>
1: laughing. I'm not laughing. Like, oh, this is good. <laughs> uh,
0: it's raw. Uh, uh, and I want to be like, are you complaining about this? Yeah. Are you trying to... Hmm. Shame. Suggest something? I hope not. What's your problem? Sorry. Person? People? Yeah.
1: Come, come on. Just Share in the
0: laughter. Yeah. Be no. happy.
1: La- la- laugh with us. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. Come on. <laughs> well, it's an AMA today. Yeah. Ask me anything in case you still don't know what that means. Yeah. We're a little bit concerned. Yeah. But hopefully you're tracking with Yeah,
0: us. because, you know, culture. Yeah. I mean, it changes, it shifts. You know, AMA, who knows? Who knows what that could stand for
1: Ooh, across I, the if globe? If I had more time to think, Indeed. And, I would have written not. a joke out. <laughs> uh, What's the question? Well, okay. Today, uh, most Christians believe the Bible is the final authority for faith and life. If that's true, why would Christians bother reading other books? Ah, uh, mm, They're yes. made for you to answer. Yeah. <laughs> What are you su- hmm. applying like there, I'm huh? saying you like to read more than anyone <laughs> in this room. And there are that's, two people. I was going to say that's me and you. <laughs> uh, well, I do
0: think it is a good question which by the way just for fun yeah. when is a question not good like we mm-hmm. always say that right that's what people say that's a good question anyway another another topic for another time
1: <laughs> what <laughs> a- is? A- okay a- <laughs>
0: yeah because there are there are so many good books to sure, read yeah. and it would certainly be much easier if the reading curriculum for life was basically just one book yeah right that
1: would narrow it down
0: and I suppose at the end of the day if you can only afford to read one book for whatever reason perhaps your schedule is is insane, or you're just in a stage of life where you really only have time to
1: read one book
0: in a meaningful way, it should absolutely be the Bible. Yeah,
1: I think we are contractually compelled to just say that. (laughs) I mean, like, maybe, like, spiritually and morally, but also contractually. As an ordained minister of the gospel of our Lord and Savior. You should know. (laughs) It's the Bible.
0: But yeah, I mean, like we are, we're talking about the living word of God, but I think that most of us don't actually have the problem of not having enough time to read more than one book. Most of us, if we sit down with our calendars, pencil it in, we'd find that we have time to read the Bible and other great books. Thus, we have this question, why bother with other books when we have the very word of God? So before we tackle that question properly, I do think it would be helpful to see and just affirm that scripture does indeed say of itself that it is of supreme value and that we should be reading it. So, for instance, and I've only got five scriptures here because that's just really all we have time for. Hey, five's great.
1: That's a great number.
0: <laughs> but uh, Psalm 119.72, for instance, says, the law of your mouth, referring to God's word, is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces.
1: And who doesn't look gold and silver pieces? Yeah,
0: right? We think that silver and gold is basically... Swell. Yeah, swell. <laughs> that is Isn't that, that is that one word people might use to describe Gold and silver, two of the most precious and valuable minerals.
1: Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> <The> <laughs> it's Earth swell has
0: to offer its swell. <laughs> How can you hate it? Uh. So, point being that scripture is valuable. It has amazing value to us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, the classic passage mm. that I think most Christians are aware of. Paul writes, all scripture is breathed out by God. So, it is inspired by God himself and thus profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the person of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So you have the divinely inspired word, which is good for instruction in how to live a good and holy life life. It's good for the practical day-to-day stuff.
1: That specifically, I think that verse is something that showed up in the 2019 uh, 40 day series we did, 40 Days in the Word. Yes. That's something we went to.
0: Yeah, it is. is. Second Peter one three. we read, God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, through the knowledge of God, through the knowledge of Christ. And how do we come to that knowledge? Through reading the scriptures. Psalm 119.103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth so there's something that's sweet to delight in
1: who doesn't like honey yeah it's swell <laughs> <laughs> so swell i do love honey
0: oh uh, yes and finally hebrews 4 12 for the word of god is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of Ooh. spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning thoughts and intentions of the heart so good it is so like if you want to get to
1: the thoughts and intentions of your own heart and no no <laughs> On second thought, I'm going to backtrack to the honey. Let's go back to the honey verse.
0: (laughs) The point being, without expositing those verses to great depth, scripture itself testifies to its own self-authenticating value and goodness. And so if you are a Christian and you hold that the word of God is the revelation of God, of course, it is the most valuable book you can read. It is a book that is worthy of every minute of study, prayer, and reading that you can give to it. That being said...
1: We're still left with the question.
0: Yeah, why then use the extra time that we could spend in Bible study and Bible reading to read other books? Well, the short answer, I suppose, is that because in a roundabout way, the Bible itself actually encourages us.
1: I find that to do that. Easily believable.
0: Yeah. As an example of this, as a general principle, all right, this doesn't necessarily just apply to books, but I think it's true of books. We read in Proverbs 6, 6, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Now, <clears throat> what? Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> like, what is this? It's strange, right? What a way to admonish a sluggard. The what only o- thing I'm thinking about right now is bug's life. <laughs> <laughs> I've have, I have met a lot, like I'm at a loss. <laughs> That's it. Like, That's bug uh, like. Go and watch
0: Flick and how he
1: interacts <laughs> with his fellow bug boys.
0: <laughs> <sighs> the point being, Solomon is trying to admonish a person who is struggling with laziness and saying, you can learn how to not be lazy, how to live an active life by going to the ant and considering her ways. Here's the question: how do you go about considering the ways of the ant? How do you follow the guidance of Proverbs 6.6? Not by reading more of the Bible, right? Okay, yeah. No, you do it by going outside into your yard, finding some ants and taking note of what they're doing and how they... Work hard. Got me there. Point being, there is some wisdom and knowledge that cannot be found in the text of scripture. Right. Take Paul's sermon on Mars Hill in Acts 17, for instance, which is one of my favorite narratives, and we've come back to that over and over again in this podcast, but it's so good. He quotes Greek poets in Acts 17. He didn't get that knowledge from reading the scriptures. Uh, He's apparently familiar with the written works of Greek poets. In Acts 7.22, Stephen says that Moses the premier prophet and lawgiver of the Old Testament was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. That's so cool. Yeah, he wasn't getting that from the scriptures. True, that's true, yeah. He was schooled and read Egyptian wisdom. So, there are scriptural testimonies to the fact that there is some value in reading other books, even in the Bible. You say some.
1: So, what what kinds of other books should we be reading in light of that? What fits the bill?
0: Yes, a good question again. <laughs> because, you know, we gotta ask, you know, are we talking about reading serious novels when we're talking about other books? Are we talking about newspapers, medical textbooks, Christian theology, existential philosophy? There are whole worlds available to us
1: through books. I didn't know you could open up the question so quickly. I, it's, I'm it's i at a lock. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm not hosting. <laughs> Uh, there are a lot of different categories
0: out there, and uh, that means we need to practice some discernment, as Christians especially, because we're opening ourselves, to use that terminology I guess, you know <laughs> we're opening our minds to uh, a great deal of influence when we open up books, so for instance... Let's say a Christian heads off to medical school and they're wanting to become a doctor. They need to read medical textbooks. Yeah, I would
1: really, I really hope so.
0: <laughs> they are not going to learn how to diagnose and treat physical ailments from the Bible. I mean, at least not thoroughly or by today's standards because I can't help but think of that time Paul told Timothy, you know, take some wine for your stomach, your frequent stomach ailments. That's, True. that's some medical advice, right? I mean, guys? yeah, but it's also not going to take care of the flu. No, it is not. <laughs> so the point is a medical professional needs to know things about the human anatomy and about how certain medicines and treatments affect the body. And guess what? You're not going to find that information in the Bible. Correct. And that's okay. Because remember, like Solomon said in Proverbs 6, 6, we don't consider the ways of the ant, or if we're going to change the terminology... We don't consider the ways of the human body through Scripture. We do it by getting out into nature or in the community and making good reasoned observations and exactly. reading what's out there.
1: And it's also, it's like, it's not something that Scripture is setting out to explain to you. No. it means it's not the point.
0: Right, exactly. Aside from cases like that, you know, somebody who wants to be a doctor and they need to be reading medical textbooks, okay? And since we don't have time to get into a ton of specifics because we're on a you know, time constrained podcast, I'm gonna say that in general, I won't recommend that a Christian who is young in their faith go out and read like Nietzsche.
1: Oh, gee. For
0: instance.
1: Oh, <laughs> That's unheard of. <laughs> Uh yeah cuz I mean
0: there's lots of there's lots of good content out there to read but when you start getting out into stuff like that you got to be careful You know, like a young Christian, I want to get their footing firm in the word of God first. Uh, And that's true for anyone. If scripture is not the fundamental reality by which you are discerning and basing your life, I want to be careful about what books I recommend. Because until we get that into our hearts and our heads, we just have to be careful and cognizant of that because we should be reading the world and other books in light of what scripture has said rather than necessarily vice versa, especially when it comes to moral and spiritual matters. For instance, in my own life, when we're talking about this topic, I've been reading some books recently on political philosophy, but I'm reading those discerningly through the eyes of scripture first. I'm not taking those books, you know, on a blank slate and saying everything that they say in this book is going to be true. I'm going to approach it from saying, okay, well, how does my understanding of scripture influence what this author is saying about political philosophy and how that affects my life? So, again, to summarize, the kinds of books that we read in addition to the Bible are very dependent upon where we are in our faith. How long have we been walking with God? How familiar with the Bible are we? Are we in a good place emotionally, physically, and spiritually? Now, one final caveat when it comes to other kinds of books I'm going to say that obviously Christians should not be reading books of any variety like Fifty Shades of Gray.
1: Oh, gee. I'm going back to that quote where I said, oh, gee. <laughs>
0: There are some books that are just off-limits, you know. Fifty Shades of Grey is probably right up there near the top of the list. But when it comes to other kinds of books, I'm hesitant to give specific counsel here because it varies from person to person. Sure.
1: I think, like, there's not one unilateral suggestion you could give anyone who's listening.
0: Yeah. Kind of like
1: movies, almost. Yeah. Actually, that's – And maybe that's why we – often give so many caveats. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So with that in mind of what, you know, we should and shouldn't read, how at least should we apportion our time to read that once we've kind of sussed out what's best? I think that's
0: a good practical question. There (laughs) it is. Good question (laughs) again. Good (laughs) question.
1: But they're not mine. They're someone else's.
0: Well, once again, it's difficult to say without knowing the person's specific life scenarios. But I can offer some general guidance. For instance, I'm fortunate in that I can normally get in a couple good hours of reading per, per day if I'm disciplined. Oh my word. So I probably enjoy reading a little more than the <laughs> average person. You don't say. Which, I realize now, that kind of sounds like this high and lofty, you know, I'm like a patrician, you know, you're all like <laughs> plebeians the proletariat. No, that's not, that just, I I just enjoy reading the yeah. same way that people enjoy watching movies or television. Are you trying or, to say something about me? I just, I I just, I'm really qualifying all my sentences here. I, just, I enjoy reading, so I make time
1: to do it. Absolutely.
0: And if I'm disciplined about it, I can get in a couple good hours a day. Damn. If you really want to make reading a priority in your life, I think most people can do that. It's just a matter of discipline. Yeah. Maybe you just watch two episodes of your favorite Netflix show rather than three or four. You Not that I'm guilting anyone on the Netflix okay, listen, train. Now you are
1: trying to say something about <laughs>
0: You- <laughs> I I love Netflix. Okay, oh, he loves I Netflix. love Netflix. Arr. I Morgan and I watch shows on the regular. Right now, we're binging West Wing.
1: Well, you know what? Great show. I'm binging Broadchurch. Hey, There we Guess go. what See? it's true crime. Is anyone surprised?
0: <laughs> I was gonna say Ethan watching true crime. Gosh,
1: it's a it's a tearjerker. But okay, back yeah. to this.
0: So for practical purposes, let's just take a generic template though, so we can give some practical guidance. Okay. Because we're gonna say maybe we're not looking at. Cu- you know multiple hours that people have to read. Yeah. Let's say a person has worked it out that they have 90 minutes per day to devote to reading between work, social life, family time and whatever else. 90 minutes that's even that's even generous. Yeah. But we'll go with that just cuz we're going to say this person is like they really want to make reading a priority and so they're going to give it 90 minutes a day if they can. They'll give it they'll give a nice generous portion to reading. Maybe they do it early in the morning, maybe it's after everyone's gone to bed in the evening. Whatever the case. For most people, again, without knowing your specific scenarios and where you are, for most, my suggestion would be, Take 60 of those 90 minutes and put those toward unhurried Bible reading and prayer, which prayer becomes a whole other topic that we maybe get into in a whole other podcast episode. Who can say? But I would say take the bulk of your time to let your mind and your imagination soak in the scripture because the word of God should have primacy if you're a Christian. It should be the definitive guiding word for your life. And the only way to really get that into your bones is if it becomes kind of the mass of how you spend your reading time. So that would be my suggestion for most, is 60 of those 90 minutes unhurried Bible reading. Or employer. like
1: whatever time you have, it's the majority. It's yeah, the, yeah, and it's the line you're using
0: share. that time to, you know, write down questions or take notes or however you best find that you absorb what you're reading, you do that. That leaves you with 30 minutes to read other books. And you think, man, Only 30 minutes. That maybe doesn't sound like a whole lot. You know, that's like an episode of a Netflix show again, right? this guy. You know, okay? (laughs) But here's the thing. I've worked this out. Okay. (laughs) If most statistics are true, I think the average reading pace is something like people read one page every two minutes. And that might even be a little bit slow, let's say. Not for me. So, for example... Perhaps you're reading a 300-page book. That's the other book you're reading. And again, a 300-page book, that might be even slightly longer than the average book that most people would read. If my calculations are correct, and we'll have to ask Zach to double-check my math, (laughs) but that book will take 600 minutes to read if you're on the average reading pace. Mm-hmm. So if you read for 30 minutes per day, you can finish that book in 20 days.
1: That's actually really impressive.
0: Yeah, that is not as bad as it would initially seem. For me, it's, I'm usually thinking, oh, 20
1: months. <laughs> you laugh. But,
0: but no, not even a full three weeks. That's impressive. If you keep up that pace, you can read up to 18 300-page books per year. Wow. That's pretty good. That's impressive. That is pretty good reading. And of course, like I just said, I doubt most books that are kind of on the mass market, so to speak, are actually that long. Yeah. Um, just as a sample, the two books I have in my backpack right now that I'm going through are both under 200 pages. You could have that read in under two weeks if you read at that pace. I think it's like 12 or 13 days. You could yeah. have that read. So even if you only devote 30 minutes a day to reading other books. You can get a significant amount of reading done. I think it just looks daunting because you look at a book, which is, you know, yay thick. And uh, realistically, the thing about reading is it does take a little more effort, I think, than say, watching a show. Not that you can't watch a show with an active imagination. I think it's just easier to let yourself kind of drift mm-hmm. when you're watching a show. Ethan and I, we talk so much about movies and film and television. It's possible. It's definitely possible that you train yourself to watch a movie the way you would read a book. You're yeah. with an eye for detail, paying attention, really engaged with it. But you have to do that. It's not optional with reading for the most part, like yeah. just because it engages certain parts of your brain. I don't know all the science behind that, so I don't want to speak to it too much. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I think it is, it's daunting when you look at a thick book
1: oh, gosh, that you yeah. know,
0: okay, that's going to take some mental effort, like just out the gate. But when you stop and think about it, even just by those numbers, you realize 18 300-page books a year? That's really good. You could
1: read some good books. It's suspiciously motivating.
0: Yeah, right? So, at the end of all this then, that being said, I think the real question to ask when you're thinking about what other books should I read in addition to scripture are, will this book help me love God more deeply and love my neighbor as myself? And will it enhance my joy and understanding of God's word and who he is? Will it make my life better? Will it enhance my understanding of the world that he's created and put me in? Uh, Those are the kind of questions I think you should ask when you read other books. Because, you know, there may be a book that everyone is raving about and they love it. And it may be a book that's not for you in your stage of life right now. It may not be something that contributes to your love of God and neighbor, or that helps with your understanding of who God is in the world. So you just got to ask yourself those questions. And one more thing, by the way, If you find that you're into a book and it's not helping you or it's frustrating, stop.
1: Yeah, the freedom to just put something down is enormous.
0: Yeah, that's something else that people, I don't know if this is actually true, but at least I know I feel it. When I pick up a book and start reading it, there's something like inside of me that feels this obligation to finish the book. I have to finish the book. I'm not a quitter. Dude, no, your time is valuable. If that book is not helpful to you, and it's not enhancing your love of God or neighbor, drop it. Drop it. Put it down.
1: I have, no, okay, here's the thing. I have an, an enormous caveat to offer. Do it. <laughs> if you're like me and you are not a committed reader. In fact, just to illustrate this point, I think a long time ago, I think if you're a committed podcast listener, you'll remember, if I'm not wrong, and it really didn't make the cut. I talked about the fact that I was reading a book. I know, I think this was around Christmas time and we mm-hmm. were talking about advent and like yeah. discipline of reading daily. Yeah. I'm like, "Boy, it's my discipline in just reading regularly has really suffered, right?" And I was reading a book at that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the exact same spot in that book I was at Christmas. <laughs> I have made zero progress. So if you're like me and you are horrid at this, audiobooks are a thing. Yeah. And- I think it also count. attests to attests that might not be the right word to a busy lifestyle about whether or not you have sixty or ninety minutes. Yeah. You're driving to work probably. Yeah. You can listen to this stuff. I mean, I don't always listen to audiobooks, but I do listen I mean, just judging by the amount of podcasts I listen to in my spare time, I have that time, at least in some form. Yeah. So you don't necessarily if if you cannot sit down or if you're just crap like me, you can listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: audiobooks count. Yeah. They count toward reading. That is reading. Yeah, we have a bookmark that says that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he'll actually want me sharing this or not, but I know Steve, he's audiobook crazy. That's what he does. It's audiobooks, yeah. audiobooks. I do the same. Audible. Mm-hmm. Audible's my friend. Love Audible. You betcha. So you. there we have it. Good catch, Ethan. Yeah. Good caveat there. I was waiting. Yeah, there we go. Well, if you have any questions about books, reading, scripture, as always, send them to Where. Ooh, Ethan? podcast
1: at horizonschurch.net.
0: Yeah, or interact with us on social media. Mm-hmm. Thanks as always for joining us for the podcast. We'll catch you next time.